So we have no idea where these peanut butter squares came from. <laughs> We're just having a discussion. You guys don't <laughs> peanut butter well, they look like Aaron's mom's peanut butter squares, but like she brought a bunch in a Tupperware container, but not a tin. Did they get moved into a tin by accident and you accidentally brought them? I, I, yeah, I don't know. Neither of us know. Welcome to I Have Some Notes, Side Notes Edition. This is the part of the I Have Some Notes podcast where we just talk about a bunch of random stuff like peanut butter squares and movies about peanut butter squares. Uh, I Have Some Notes is part of the member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. My name is Colin McIntyre. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. Guys, happy new year. This yeah. Is, this is the first episode of 2018. It's a new year. A Everything's new year. looking up. Yeah. Everything that was bad about last year, surely... Could not possibly get worse. Absolutely. <laughs> cough, cough, American president. Uh, it's actually warmer out, though. Here at uh, I have some note studios. It was my yeah, after minus. being blistering yeah. cold Now yesterday. it's just uh, kind of chilly, I would say. Yeah. 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 I uh, often have this discussion with my wife because she is a wuss when it comes to the cold. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so she'll it'll be like minus five, and she'll be like, oh, it's so cold. And I'm like, no, this <laughs> is, I'm going out in like a t-shirt. Yeah. It's like, this is brisk, maybe. Yes. Not not cold. Yes. It has to be pretty cold before I'm like, oh, it's too cold outside. Yeah. For the record, the last couple of weeks have been too cold outside. Yes, it's been, yeah, kind of kind of face-numbingly cold. So uh, on this episode of, uh, of Side Notes, we're going to do a couple of things. First of all, we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about our, our favorite and least favorite movies of last year, of 2017. Uh, also, do you want to like, just start off talking about like the biggest movie on the face of planet Earth, which is uh, The Last Daddy's Jedi? Daddy's Home? Da- 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 Daddy's Home 2. Daddy's Home 2. <laughs> uh, yeah, Last Jedi. I think we've all seen it. I finally saw it recently. Do so this just, is... Like, just like a quick little spinner on the table, talk about Last Jedi. Sure, this is probably going to have some spoilers in it. So if you have not seen Last yeah. Jedi, pause this podcast. Yep. Go and immediately see Last Jedi because you're probably one of the last eight people who haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then come back and finish, or at the yeah. very least, maybe hit the like skip thirty seconds part a couple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To get into a the minutes. get into the latter part of the podcast. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah. So, so what? Yeah, you, you had some thoughts about it. You had some yeah, some so fairly my, negative thoughts. Here's my from problem. What I the understand. more I, the more I think about it, the more it bugs me, and it shouldn't bug me because it's a Star Wars movie. Like, I, I, and I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to be one of those Star Wars fans that like just takes it uber uber seriously. But it's like the more I think about it, the more things just. It's kind of like there's there's like that just like that little itch and you can't get rid of it. Like Poe got everybody killed, and the more I think about that, it makes me upset. Did he? Oh, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he kind of did. He kind of did. He kind of got everybody. At the end of the movie, him. there's like. Twelve rebels left. Yeah, all, they, and they're they all packed on the Millennium Falcon. They literally fit in list in like in the waiting area of the Millennium Falcon. And Poe is largely responsible. Well, they, well for that. at least he learned a lesson about leadership, <laughs> guys. <laughs> in the end, he got. He it got, was all worth it. Yeah. So that and like um, I guess Finn and Rose's little side quest again, which was part of Poe's responsibility, that kind of bugged me. So, uh, I thought it was a little superfluous. Yeah. Like there's there's parts of it that I like and I get the the character arc that they were trying to build there. Yeah. I think there would have been maybe a better way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That whole sequence on the gambling planet just didn't work for me. Yeah. There was a lot going on in it and it didn't feel like it had enough screen time, which is weird to say in a movie that probably had... Too much screen time yeah. as a whole. How, how long was it? Like nine hours long? Yeah, it does. It's it, it's not it's not usually a good thing when you're 
you know, when when you feel the length of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and and I did feel it. Once, you know, there's a there's sort of a, a, a sort of a mid movie climax when um, a character makes a big sacrifice and um, you know, it's it's it happens in space and I knew from the trailers that they were still like a salt planet to visit and that we hadn't seen it yet. So yeah. I was like, Holy shit, I feel like this is the end of the movie and yeah. yet there's a whole nother sequence to get through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I realize it's it's hard it's hard to judge it's hard to judge Last Jedi um, because it's kind of like you have to judge it on almost three different levels. You have to judge it as like an individual movie. You're judging it as a sequel to Force to Force Awakens, and then you're judging it as like is in relation to all the other Star Wars movies. Yeah, does it rank that sort of stuff? So, and I and I wonder I know whether whether now it's got a lot of things going against it right off the hop. Yeah, like well, I wonder if he, like is 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 Star Wars at the place now where where basically where Superman is where. It's almost impossible to make a good Superman movie because now everyone's got this idea of what a Star Wars movie should be like. And, like, can they make a movie that everyone's going to be happy with or that most people are going to be happy with? Well, uh, I've often talked about um, lately about how when you have a franchise and you can and a big universe and you keep expanding it, um, the less interesting it gets. Yeah. Because you tend to start answering questions um, that nobody really asked. Uh, and you know, like the, uh, Rogue One is probably a great example of that. I don't care yeah. like how they got the plans. The only thing I ever needed to know was that the plans were gotten. Yeah. Right. Um, it, you know, it, but it, from a fan perspective and, and from a, a movie watching perspective, like one of the, one of the things about the original Star Wars trilogy was, um, that, uh, a lot of these things like the Clone War and stuff like that, they just sort of mentioned offhand, yeah. were really text. They, they were they're adding texture to that universe. Yeah. Um, and and your imagination takes over, right? They yeah. just te- they just say Clone War and you're like, well, what's that about? And then, yeah. you know, it, it allows the audience to fill in the gaps. Yeah. Right. But when you start doing prequel movies and you and you show them what the Clone War was and and all or this the, kind of stuff, it actually castle, becomes less interesting, especially if you like don't and, like how it was handled. Yeah. Then it then it then it doesn't feel as cool anymore. Yeah, right? that's true. And you know, like uh, in in the uh, you know prequel trilogy, like answering a, a question about what the Force is exactly yeah. was <laughs> the perfect way to ruin the Force, right? Yeah. You know, you never we never needed. An answer to that question, which notably has been largely hand waved away, yeah, pretty be- much <laughs> since. Well, rightfully so. Like the <laughs> the one thing that I really appreciate about Last Jedi is that it 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 really retconned a lot of uh, uh, the Force Awakens' worst instinct instincts, as well as you yeah. know, sort of like the larger uh, Star Wars universe instincts as, as a whole. Like, yeah, you know, the all the it systematically took down all of the uh, the Force or the Force Awakens similarities to A New Hope and just sort of like counterpunched all of yeah. them. Uh, you know, right off the bat, uh, you know, the first time we meet Luke Skywalker, you know, at the end of Last Jedi, he Ray is uh, you know showing him his old lightsaber, and yeah. there's like this big swell of music, and then in the Last Jedi, he literally just tosses <laughs> it over his shoulder off think- the cliff. I've been thinking about that kind of like like just thinking about how like. Not only how insane it is, but just like wow, like just like because you spend you spend you spend pretty much half that whole Force Awakens about the lightsaber that was lost, and then you finally give it to Luke, and he's just like, eh. yeah, Chuck. like it, I'm sure this is not how Ryan Johnson meant it, but it does like every a lot of the decisions he makes in Force Awakens seem like a big fuck you 
to J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Like, it felt like, like he nope. was like, I didn't like this idea, so I'm just throwing it out. <laughs> Race Parentage, for instance, is yeah. another big one where he was yeah. just like, nope, doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, I appreciated all that stuff. And and it and in general, I felt like The Force, or uh, The Last Jedi was always going places I didn't really expect. And, and, and it took me for a ride and and that part, um, I'm always going to appreciate. Yeah, it has yeah. has lots of faults, for sure. But like you know, overall, overall, I was I was enjoying my time in the theater. I, I agree with that. The Force Awakens and even Rogue One, to a certain extent, were samey. That's mm, I'm I'm unhappy with that word, but I you're kind of getting where I'm going. It's yeah, yeah, it, yeah. All, it all feels very Star Wars. Star Wars has kind of a formula at this point, and. Yeah. Uh, the Last Jedi took deliberate steps to break the formula. I guess so, yeah. And to present a very different sort of Star Wars movie. And I agree with Greg. On that level, I definitely appreciated it because it was the unexpected Star Wars movie where it's just like, oh, it turns out that the Skywalker Skywalker legacy isn't the most important uh, family in the entire universe. In some ways, that actually opens up the universe even more because it doesn't have to be about the Skywalkers. And, and, oh, no, he actually, he did turn on his master, but is still actually a jerk. It's (laughs) it's a nice uh, subversion of what you'd expect. It's... Uh, it's interesting. Luke Skywalker turns out exactly like Obi-Wan and Yoda, a uh, hermit Jedi in hiding because he made mistakes and can't deal with it. Yeah. Unexpected because he was the hero in the last trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which kind of goes into nice, the yeah. theme of like the Jedi not being as awesome as uh, as maybe everyone uh, thinks they are, right? Yeah. Like, the, you know, obviously Luke very famously in the trailer says it's time for the Jedi to end. And he's kind of right because the Jedi have uh, <laughs> historically uh, been uh, very bad for the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, Overall. that's true. All right, you've changed my mind. I dislike it. Uh, no, but I, I think you make the, the good points about how it's... And I was even thinking when I watched it about how, you know, like you talk about this, the formula, the formula of Star Wars, the formula of Star Wars is a big space battle at the end. That's pretty much the formula. And here are this big space battles at the beginning. I actually thought it was interesting because it felt, as I was watching the movie, it felt like Empire Strikes Back in reverse in a way. Oh yeah, or or like a mishmash of uh, Return of the Jedi and, and Empire, Empire Strikes yeah. Back, except yeah. in reverse. It ends with, or it starts with what should be the end of Return of the Jedi, and yeah. then it works its way back to the escape from Hoth. Except they're going to Hoth, yeah, and it just it kind of felt like it was Star Wars going backwards, which yeah. was interesting uh, yeah. structurally. Yeah, there we go. There's lots of weird moments too that were really kind of fun. Like the 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 weird um, sea creature that uh, Luke was getting milk from, oh, yeah, <laughs> was, yeah. you know, and the and the porgs and the and the crystal foxes and all these kind of like interesting little uh, characters that they threw in. There. I uh, I heard, um, admittedly, on a different podcast, and I can't recall which one now, um, but. There was a reason behind the Porgs. They weren't just thrown in for oh, merchandising. Oh, because that island was full of puffins. And the puffins are protected species, so they couldn't just shoo them all away <laughs> from the filming site. So they had to come up with a way to hide the puffins. Oh. So they just superimposed alien monsters on them, the Porgs, <laughs> cute alien fluffy monsters, and they just added more for story. Oh, so that's actually kind of amusing to know. Oh, that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. All right. See, now I love it now. Thank you. Thank you, guys. <laughs> there was there was one moment that was really was funny, but also like 
really dark at the same time when Chewie is cooking the porg. See, I went to the bathroom at that point and I missed it. And my wife tells me about it when I get back. And she's like, did you like, you missed the part where Chewie was eating a porg. And I'm like, what? Well, he was like, trying he to. He, he never eat it. Yeah, he couldn't bring himself to do it. After. There's like this, there's like this puss in boots, sad cat kind of moment where the, yeah. where the oh, porg man. is looking at him. And it's just like, like it is, it is funny. But when you're thinking about like, what, you know, because these, the porgs have this very, humans a sort of face to them like it, it almost feels a bit too dark <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh that's a uh, yeah no no anyway well maybe before we start talking about our, our favorite and least favorite movies guys we'll talk about uh atb booster uh atb booster is a crowdfunding platform for startups and small businesses in alberta anyone with a great idea and a passion can apply and raise funds on the platform uh booster stage events give entrepreneurs a chance to pitch their idea in front of a panel of judges and get additional funding i've actually been to one of these before and uh as like an, an audience member and they're actually a lot of fun so <laughs> so if you have an idea for a pork restaurant or uh you know like pork barbecue or something along those lines uh, they, they look ATB tasty. booster could help i just want to say they looked tasty <laughs> i would have eaten that pork <laughs> uh pork sandwiches anyway uh, favorite pulled least pork sandwiches. Uh, pulled, pulled pork sandwiches. Uh, favorite and least favorite movies. Uh, Greg, do you want to maybe uh, get a start with like just um, uh, yeah, like give us a smattering of, of your at least. Well, maybe we'll do we'll fa- do favorite movies first. Uh, and should we should we start with the bad ones? Okay, let's start with bad yeah, ones and then end, end, on a, end on a on a good point. note. Yeah, right, sure. okay. throw, okay. throw some bad ones out. Well, my, my first worst movie is um, the Fate of the Furious. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean the, the the Fast and the Furious franchise is always. Uh, been kind of riding the line yep. of like good or or sort of bad or so bad it's good kind of thing, and yeah. and I think it's real easy to teeter off that edge. Yeah, and uh, Fate of the Furious uh, not only suffers from the same poor writing that just about every Fast and the Furious movie does. Uh, but it's also boring, oh. and the action is not good, and yeah. that becomes a real issue, and that is basically the only thing that makes your movie good. Yeah. I saw it. I don't remember it, which which probably speaks, <laughs> yeah. speaks, speaks to a kind I of... I remember that there was a, a submarine and cars jumping over it, and that's about it. I have never been into the Fast and Furious franchise. It's uh, one that kind of passed me by. Yeah. I have some friends who swear by it and think it's just the bee's knees. Yeah. But uh, alas, never really got into it. So can't really comment see, on that. See, when you, when you talk about Fate of the Furious, the, the, what I remember actually more than Fate of the Furious is actually all the drama that's happening outside of this now because the Rock and Jason Statham are making their own, they're doing their own spinoff movie with their characters. Oh, yeah. And that is actually pushed back the production of the next Fast and Furious movie, which has angered all of the the, the, the regular cast members of Vin Diesel and, uh, One in and uh, Ludacris. And that, uh, Ludacris, yeah. yes, that's right. Yeah, so He's, he's gone on several weird yeah. uh, Instagram tirades, I yeah, think. Basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so I find that more entertaining than, the, than uh, Fate of the Furious at this point, or Fast and the Furious. Yeah. But that's just me. Yeah, that might think. That might think. Scott, I only really have one bad movie from this year. I um I don't go out of my way to see movies that I think I'm not going to like. Okay. Um and if it turns out that I may have been wrong about not liking them because friends are all like no, it's really good, then maybe I'll go see it later yeah. or I'll catch it on Netflix or whatever when it comes out. Yeah. Um so yeah, I don't often see really bad movies. I see movies that I maybe don't like better than others, yeah. but I don't generally see bad ones. However, 
However, saying that we did go see a movie this year specifically to do on this podcast, and it was <laughs> The Mummy. And oh, The yeah. Mummy was terrible. <laughs> so it is number one and also the only movie on my bad movie oh, list yeah? from this year because it was awful. It was just such a misfire in every, like we we did an entire podcast about it. Yeah, we don't really need to reach But I will say it, mis- it, yeah. it misfired so badly it killed a movie universe. Yeah, in, I was going to say so before it was even really did off. Did we the talk ground. about that on the podcast or that come did that come later where basically they've yeah, this murdered their dark monsters or dark yeah, I think that's it seemed pretty, much pretty obvious to us on the re- on the podcast that it was in its it was going to be in its death throes, yeah. but I'm not sure if it was like official yeah. that they they exploded on the launch pad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean we <laughs> we've discussed that we want to maybe do a side notes on movie universes at some point, and it'll probably come back up there. Yeah, but you'll get to hear more about the mummy. Yeah, the mummy point. the mummy is <laughs> something that we're going to be dissecting for a long time. I yeah, think for sure. Um, uh, for so for my for like my least favorite movies, um, this is kind of makes a little bit uh, of recent bias um I, f- I feel like a lot of the movies this year were kind of just mediocre and like fast fate i would put in that group uh and just kind of a lot of movies that were just kind of like eh, they were okay but they weren't great but movie that uh, that kind of watches kind of like oh yeah no I, those are hours i will not get back f- from my life uh was kingsman the golden circle uh yeah which was um it's very long it's two and a half hours long and you can tell they you can tell when they're making they're like, well, hey, all movies are long now. Let's spread this out. And it's just and King let's King's been the first one, isn't it's not exactly Citizen Kane anyway, but it's fun. It's got its moments, it's got its charm to it. Uh but this one, yeah, it was just just way too long. It was neat 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 to see Colin Firth, who was probably respected as a very wonderful actor, uh basically sleepwalk through the entire movie. So which was like which was kind of nice. It was a little bit of a paycheck for him. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, although Julianne Moore had fun in it. She was the villain and looked, and she looked like she was having a blast, but otherwise it was just, it was just, it, it has actually kind of put me off. Uh, like, I feel like we'd, we'd seen like kind of a lot of, of kind of, kind of violent thriller type movies in a row. And that was a, that, that was the movie that was kind of like, you know what? I kind of want to watch good movies for the next little bit. Like I want to watch like, like I want to like, I get it, be interested or there be a story or that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. So I would say if you have not seen Kingsman Golden Circle, uh, don't waste your time. There is really no, there's nothing, nothing, nothing to see here, so to speak. Um, I'm going to rattle off probably the worst movie that I saw in 2017. Sure. Which was Power Rangers. Oh, was Power Rangers bad? I heard it was good. Oh, no. Oh, okay. No, it was not. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely the worst thing I saw in 2017. Oh, man. And, uh, it wasn't close. Um, <laughs> it is, <laughs> it it has one of the most convoluted methods for bringing a ragtag a ragtag team together yeah. that I've that I've ever seen. It just, it's just, it, there's so much um, coincidence and and uh, weird uh, plot things that aren't fully explained. Oh, really? That, yeah, that bring this team together. Like, hmm. yeah, they they essentially go to like this rock quarry where the scientific guy is looking for something, and I can't remember what yeah. it was. Nor did I care while I was watching it. Uh, and like half the other group is just hanging out near a rock quarry. <laughs> Like it, and it's like a restricted area, so it even makes even less sense. Like, there's two people that are inside a restricted area. Like, two of them are. Like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> like, like Power Rangers kind of wants to be um, the Breakfast Club with superheroes, 
Uh, but it doesn't even get that right because most of them aren't in the Breakfast Club. They just kind of happen to be <laughs> in the wrong by. place at the right time. Okay. Uh, and then the movie just um, steadily gets worse. Oh. It, uh, hmm. it, it, um, uh, it spends most of the time uh, having the Power Rangers train. Um, they don't get in their suits till literally the last moment. Oh, really? Which, which normally I don't. I, normally I wouldn't complain about um, because I feel like you can make a movie any way you want as long as it's exciting. Like, like yeah. I don't like a lot of people complain about um, the Godzilla American remake uh, that Godzilla was only in it for eight minutes, and I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, it doesn't matter if he was only in it for eight minutes. What matters is is was the was it exciting? Yeah, they, exactly. You know, because you can you can have a monster movie. And 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 not see the monster a whole lot. It, yeah. you know sometimes not seeing it is what makes it yeah. kind of good. Yeah, um, Cloverfield. Yeah, right. Um, but in this case, um, the movie was so boring that <laughs> not seeing him in the suit was to its detriment. Right. Oh, okay. One thing that uh, actually kept me away from seeing Power Rangers was the aesthetic of it. Um, if you go back and look at all the Super Sentai stuff the original Power Rangers is based on, and even the original Power Rangers, look at how colorful it is. Yeah. They're all wearing bright colored suits. They're fighting monsters in the middle of the day. Everything is everything just pops. Yeah. It's, it's like a heightened reality. Yeah. And then you just look at the movie poster for Power Rangers, <laughs> and it's dark, and it's drab, and it's just, it's the gritty reboot. It's so gritty. Look how dark everything is. Wow, this and is- it's like you have so completely missed the point. That I'm not even going to bother yeah, well, to give like, your movie the time. We're, day. we're even like the suits; they're almost kind of like Iron Man, Iron Man esque suits. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah Power Rangers. <laughs> Power Rangers is not a gritty property. It's yeah, it's, no. um, and not just because it's aimed at kids. It's superheroes aimed at kids, but it's it's optimistic and it's hopeful and it's about good guys triumphing over evil. <laughs> and it's just not suited to a dark and gritty. Re- they yeah. literally made a parody movie. Yeah. with Starbuck in it. That was released on the internet. That was the gritty reboot of Power Rangers. And it was meant as a joke. Yeah. And then they literally went and made that movie. Oh, really? Like, wow. it's so bad. It's funny because you say that. But when you watch the movie, like, it's weird because, like, half of it does feel like you say, like, this sort of, like, this gritty attempt at rebooting uh, Power Rangers. But then when they get in their suits and they get their Zords and stuff, holy fuck, is it ever silly as shit. Like, it feels, <laughs> it feels ex- almost, like, there's a lot of, they, they, they sort of ape a lot of shots from the, uh, the, the show, like, the, the classic, like, all the Power Rangers landing down at once and yeah. hitting their stance and all that kind yeah. of stuff, and uh, so it does, it does get really silly, but it does, it takes a while to get there. So, yeah. it, it, it's very much a movie that's sort of in the, in the Transformer vein of, of remaking old toy lines and stuff, where yeah. they, you know, they, yeah, it, it's, I, like, I understand the instinct, because you're trying to, you're, you're almost trying to make a movie for us, like the people who are, you know, pushing 40 and stuff like that, because these are the properties that we grew up with. So I understand the instinct to try and want to appeal to adults a little bit, but... Um, I don't know when you're in this particular case, when you sort of like, uh, mix the two tones, uh, quite a bit, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Nope. Fair enough. Pick a side movie. <laughs> Decide what you want to be. Uh, do we want to talk about uh, favorite movies or does, uh, or do you have a couple like uh, movies that you want to hammer on first, Greg? I think you, you think you have a longer list than the rest of us. Well, uh, I, yeah, we should. Um, did you guys see get out? I've not seen get out. 
I also have not. Not because I didn't want to see it. I just it's on our list. Never really got uh, to it. You definitely. I won't say too much about it then because it is a fantastic movie. I am. I am spoiled on it. I will say. That. Oh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Uh, uh, I don't think that would ruin it for me though. Right. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a really. It's. It's the same. Like uh, everyone talks about what a great allegory. It is, and that is absolutely true. Um, and I, uh, but I also uh, feel like it's a, it's kind of a. There's a, there's a real, real uh, message there for us uh, white folk as well. That uh, um, if you want to read about it, you can read about it on uh, I have some notes.com. I wrote an article about my best and worst, and uh, I go into spoilers there. But uh, uh, great, great movie. Uh, one of the, <clears throat> one of the things that I really loved about it. Um, was it was a master class in the uh, Chekhov's gun principle. Are you guys familiar with this? Uh, if no. you show something early in the play, it needs to be important later on. Uh, oh, essentially, okay. it boils down to uh, don't waste the audience's time. Whatever you show must be important. And, and right. everything that you see in Get Out is important. And, and, come, and there's lots of great uh, uh, setups and payoffs throughout the entire movie. And it's just a joy to watch. Hmm. Jordan Peele crushed this movie yeah. hard it's really amazing isn't he getting like some sort of big budget something or other coming he, up too yeah he's doing lovecraft country next i want to say lovecraft country it's uh based on a novel which admittedly i have not read but is um like a lovecraftian horror story but it's also uh like from the black perspective and because lovecraft okay. was kind of racist in his stories. And this is coming from someone who's a big Lovecraft nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It gives a, an interesting new perspective on it. And I'm, I'm told it's quite a good read, actually. Yeah. Okay. And so I was excited to hear that he's making a movie adaptation of it. It's made me want to read the book more. And it's definitely on my list of things to get to. So. Cool. Cool. Uh, Scott, fave, uh, fave, a fave movie from last year. Uh, one that I, I knew I was going to like, but I didn't expect to like as much as I did. Thor Ragnarok. That was a really fun movie. Yeah. I quite liked it. It was, I'd put it in my top five for the year, certainly. Um, I think that the Thor movies previously have been, uh, to use kind of an unfortunate turn of phrase, the redheaded stepchild of the Marvel <laughs> Universe. Okay. Like people have been like, Thor was eh, and Thor 2 was eh. Uh-huh. Um, so the fact that the new Thor movie, and I mean, I liked both the other Thor movies. I think Thor is a, is a fun character, but I think that Thor Ragnarok really took, took some of the lessons from guardians of the galaxy and the way that they were approaching the space properties for the Marvel universe and applied it to Thor in a way that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they did some interesting evolutions of the characters like Thor and uh, Loki and Hulk felt like they were in places that made sense from where they had come from all the previous movies they've appeared in. Yep. And it was just, it was just fun and it was well cast and Goldblum is a delight in it. And I just really enjoyed it. It was one of the funnest movies I've seen this year. And speaking of movies that are colorful, holy. (laughs) Yes. The aesthetic of uh, Ragnarok was great. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so it's, uh, I, I don't know if I necessarily say it was my favorite movie of the year, but it was definitely a standout for me, and it would it would certainly be in my top five list. Yeah, cool, cool. So Marvel, one of the things you have to give Marvel is that in, that while most of their movies have a very uh, similar tone and feel to them, and that can kind of get a little exhausting, the, the you know, 
every time they they come out with something new, it's still pretty good. Like it's still enjoyable. Like I I, I didn't care about the Doctor Strange character at all, but Doctor Strange was a fine movie that I mm-hmm. enjoyed watching. You yeah. know. I mean, we're all pretty excited to see Black Panther when it comes out, right? Yes. Black Panther, uh, as of this taping, apparently is the most pre-sale or pre- ticket pre-sales out of any of the Marvel movies. So that far. doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, people are, people are jacked for this movie. I, so. I, think, I think one of the things that, that really stands out for me with, with Black Panther, just watching the, the trailer, is the realization that, like, oh, we've never gotten this before. We've never gotten, like, an all-black action cast that has had this much hype and money put into the marketing yeah and that that uh, i mean it is is also great that that's happening but also kind of a little depressing that this is it's you know we're 2018 and it's the first well, time that it feels like that's happening yeah, it's it's not the first um black superhero lead in a movie because we've had blade no, certainly not but like yeah. it's just like it's you know it's set in in africa yeah, and the, and the entire cast aside from a couple yes. are you know all black right yeah it's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Looking be, forward to it. Yeah, see what happens. Um, one of my favorite movies, I know this is on, uh, on on your list, and if you haven't checked out uh, Greg's list on IHaveSomeNotes.com, you should. Uh, Dunkirk uh, was actually one of my... Uh, uh, because it was it was such a di- uh, such a different it was a war movie obviously but it was such a different war movie than it like totally blew my expectation out of the water because I think a lot of people and I'm not gonna I don't want to spoil spoilers but I'm not gonna really talk about too much of it. Can but, you really spoil a historical? Yeah, event? exactly. Well, but I, I guess even like when when you think of a war movie, I think you think of movies like Saving Private Ryan and Hacksaw Ridge, where it's um, they're very 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 gritty, very real, but also very gory. Um, and Dunkirk wasn't that. It was. It was. It had. It had attention to it. It had a lot of. It had a. You know, the tension and the grit, but in it showed in a different way, and I thought yeah. it was really interesting. And also, it was shot beautifully. I like. I just. I like. I want to see it again just to see the shots of the Spitfires going over the English Channel and the, like the sun and the clouds and that sort of stuff. Like one thing. Um, okay. Well, I'll preface this by saying I've yet to see Dunkirk. I'm. Uh, I'm kind of war movied out, mm-hmm. they, especially World War II movies. They all feel very samey to me at this point. Yeah. Um, but I do now want to see Dunkirk because I've heard, number one, yeah. a lot of really good things about it. And also because they, they did a different approach. Yes. Which is, whereas most war movies follow like a guy. A ba- or a band of Or a band, or a of, band, of, a band of brothers. Yeah. As they, and how they, <laughs> as it were. Uh, as they make their way through war and how the war affects them, this was more really about the event. Yeah, and the people. There are people in it, but it's not their story. It's the story Correct. of the whole event. Correct. Yeah, and yeah. that kind of appeals to me, and that's one of the reasons and that it, I'm. It was interesting in. how much uh, character development happens through not dialogue. Like yeah. it's really just the the situation that they're put in, and that's what is that's that's what you're that's how you're learning about the characters and what's driving them. And yeah, um, and, and and that's. That's sort of secondary to just how the film is put together overall, which I guess saying is like kind of a spoiler. Like I don't want to, I don't want to say exactly how the movie is structured because when you see it and you and you watch it and you, and you get you start understanding like how Nolan is putting this thing together. It's just like it's the realization of it is just really fun. Yeah, for sure. 
for sure. Um, we're 30 minutes in. Do we want to throw out I got throw, one last one because I want to talk about Molly's Game because it was the best movie of the year. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I, I also want to mention movies. my favorite one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah let's, we'll do one more each. How's that? Uh, I love uh, Aaron Sorkin uh, probably a little too much. Uh, I like things that everyone else, that he's done that everyone else hates, like Newsroom. Uh, but uh, Molly's Game is uh, an incredible watch and, and really a fun sort of insight into a world that I don't know a lot about, which is sort of like this under underground uh, poker world. Um, and, you know, Idris Elba gets the Sorkin speech, was, which was just magical to watch. Um, and I, I loved every second of it. So much so that uh, I had to pee halfway through this movie. And and uh, I had to urgently pee, <laughs> like real bad. And I held it all the way oh, through I was, the I was, entire so, runtime. There, there were two I ways this. Miss there, were, there were two ways this story was gonna go. And either way, you would have come out a hero, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Just for like, I had to go, and I just went because I did not want to miss the movie. Just let it happen. <laughs> just let it go. Next time, I'm just gonna bring a bottle into the theater. Yeah, there you go. When I know I don't want to miss anything. Wear a catheter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's. Uh, it, uh, you should definitely just go check it out. It's cool. Amazing. Go see Molly's game. Uh, Blade Runner, 2049. Oh, Blade 2049 uh, was my favorite movie of the year. It was so good. It was beautifully scored. It was majestically shot. It's just, uh, it's it's a feast for the eyes. Yeah, uh, it was well acted. Uh, it it felt like uh, a very thematically and um, aesthetically perfect sequel to the original. Uh, it it couldn't have been better, basically, and it was just absolutely great. And it's worth checking out. And if you haven't. Do yourself a favor, go see it. And if it does not get nominated for a cinematography award at the Oscars, it is a travesty. <laughs> it is a travesty. I will say with the aesthetic of this movie, like we were, we were having a conversation uh, the other day with uh, at home about um, how a lot of movies, uh, the instinct is just to fill the frame with shit. You know, yeah. it's just like, you know, there's, you know, we've got these computers and let's use them. <laughs> it's just, yeah, let's just you know, fill it full of stuff. The, the Blade Runner is um, incredible. In, in its minimalism, like you're you're watching this uh, beautiful world be fleshed out, and yet it doesn't have to have uh, it doesn't have to be an assault on the eyes. There's there's you still get a, a sense of what a, a, you know a, a, an interesting world this is. There's a there's a part that takes place essentially in a desert, and it's beautiful. Yeah, uh, it's just the opening scene is incredible, yeah. and it's like in a wasteland. Yeah, and it's just like this is incredible. <laughs> So uh, definitely worth checking out from from it is a little long. I didn't feel the length, but my wife did a little bit. Um, I don't feel that it dragged. But for from from the craft of movie making perspective alone, it is absolutely a masterful movie and it's worth checking out. So that would be my number one movie of the year. There we go. Uh, my uh, So my final pick, and I think this was on Greg's list as well, and probably in a lot of people's list, uh, was Wonder Woman. Uh, I was, I think, I think I, I wouldn't dare say that a lot of people were weird. I, I think us included, were kind of nervous about this movie going in, uh, and it blew, obviously everyone's blew box office expectations, uh, like just everyone's expectations of what the movie would be. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. It was for, for what I liked it about most, it was, it was like an anti-war war movie, but also just kind of redeemed the DC cinematic universe to the extent, guys, I'm not sure if you know this. So I got the, the, uh, because I'm a sucker for punishment and I wanted it. I wanted the Batman V Superman ultimate edition for Christmas. The front cover 
of the of the of the box has Wonder Woman front and center, Wowzers. flanked by Superman and Batman. And then, like, ha- like the, one of the big special features is about Wonder Woman and Ivan the. For, for the record, Wonder Woman did not make my top top five. Oh, but it, it was a good movie. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, it would I, probably I, be in my I top five. I feel like um the it kind of turfs it a little bit uh, towards the end and kind of uh, devolves into uh, some of the Zack Snyder esque yeah. kind of worst instincts. Uh, but it is very good, and it also has probably one of my all-time favorite action scenes that I've ever witnessed. Because the 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 beach uh, sequence uh, with the Amazons fighting the the Germans is incredible. Yeah, and um, just the way that like Sally Jenkins, uh, sorry, did I get that right, name right? Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, she takes the speed up, uh, like the ramp up, ramp down sort of effect that we know from uh, Zack Schneider and just uh, and just does a lot more interesting things with it. And, and I really enjoyed her, her take on that sort of action uh, aesthetic. It's the DC Cinematic Universe movie that was so good that Justice League apparently likes to pretend that it was the only one that happened for the most part, and kind of glosses over the rest of it. Not having seen Justice League, that is what uh, some people who I know who have seen it have said, that they really downplay Batman v Superman and the Superman movies, but they they definitely like to think that Wonder Woman happened. So they they recognize what was the the breadwinner there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And at this point, it's from from what I've gathered, uh, it sounds like DC will be moving away from the universe and more into individual movies, which is probably a good thing for yep. Wonder Woman because her her connection to the larger universe probably doesn't do her any good. Yeah. No. Speaking of Wonder Woman, um, just a, a quick note that I want to see. There's a movie that they came out with about the creators of Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, yeah, that's on um, my list. Of Wonder Women, from last year I believe, uh, is what it's called. Yeah, and it's uh, it's definitely on my to watch list. Apparently, it's quite good. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be interesting too. Hey, yeah. Uh, okay, well, especially if you know the story about the creators of Wonder <laughs> yeah. Woman, because that was an interesting group of people. Yeah, yeah. that's a weird dude. Yeah, uh, we're gonna wrap it up here, um, uh, so we can uh, uh, we can record the. The big episode of I Have Some Notes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at I Have Some Notes. Uh, if you like the show, please uh, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes because it really helps us out. If you want something else to listen to, uh, you should listen to uh, Press Start to Join. Uh, Josh and Alan round up all things tech and gaming as well as month video game uh, uh, history episodes. Uh, find them at uh, ps2jshow.com or where other fine podcasts are sold. Uh, our show and others from the network are broadcast on G Radio. You can find it at gradio.ca. And you can find uh, all of the episodes uh, from this podcast uh, and also the Alberta Podcast Network on the CKUA app. You can download it from the Apple Store. Uh, and, yeah, thanks for listening today. And uh, we will catch you on another episode. Which will be bright, correct? It will be bright. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do the Netflix blockbuster which made no dollars because <laughs> Netflix doesn't make money or something. I don't know. Something like that. They don't charge tickets. It's a brave new frontier going in. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys soon. Keep watching the skies. <laughs>